up in the red room. Before the stars can be paid, there gotta be a dope ass story on the page. Let the beast about the cage. That light about the dark. Can you build the inferno from an itty bitty spark? Coffee shop hustlers rise with the cream. A million other writers, same Hollywood dream. Your pen and paper, all like bullets in the gun. Write what you feel, say what you want in the red room. We say what we say, we do what we feel. We gotta keep it real in the red room. All about the crap of screen writing. Feel my bottle up with lightning up in the red room. So look, if you guys are grown, let's go ahead and get in. Uh, yeah, we got everybody here jumping and moving and shaking. I love that cut. Twisting and shaking. <laughs> Whatever I do. That's, that's my boy Jack Spade, y'all. Go check him out on Twitter. That's my man right there. <clears throat> anyway, you guys know how we do it on The Rant Room. On this show, we discuss entertainment, TV, film, music, culture. But our focus is always screenwriting, stories, craft, and shit like that. What's up, Lisa? Lisa Coat Jam. How you doing? <laughs> <laughs> That's when you know you suck that. How you doing now? Okay. okay. <laughs> Who you in? I know, I know. <laughs> so we got a room full of folks in here today. We got my man in here, uh, Jeffrey Thorne. Oh, what's Writer, that? producer, soon to be director in a big minute. Come on now, we got to direct that. That's true. We yes. got to direct that yes. pilot we keep talking yes. about. Oh, yeah, doing. the one that cost $2 million. You know, <laughs> I guess not. You can take that out your little bank account. Yeah, my bank account. You know, you know you got that just sitting in there right now. My Two, three, four million. Is your <laughs> 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 Jeffrey Thorne, producer, uh, comic dude. Uh, uh, what else? What else? Writer, of course, animation dude, all of that shit. All around, so brother number 20. So I call him Soul Brother 20. Number Six before. Yeah. I, I know you're six last Man, you hit hard times. Exactly. Yeah. This is Young Brothers. Okay. Right? Exactly. 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 <laughs> and he kept going, You jive, take it, fool. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta stop saying jive, take it, fool. And he kept saying, You dig? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Not this man. Okay, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> he was saying, got no hey, 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 young blood. What? I've never said that in my life. I've never referred to anyone as young blood. <laughs> Everybody oh, referred to as cat. Oh, yeah, yo, man, this cat. cat. This cat. I say cat, <laughs> I say cat too. But that's an affectation because okay. I like jazz. And I yeah. Really yeah. Say cat bite. Yeah. 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 But I'm doing it on purpose. Just know I'm doing it. On purpose. So then we got my man over here, Chris Derrick. What's up, people? From the famous uh, uh, writing and directing team, the Derrick Brothers. Who, 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 who? What? What's up? Doing well. Doing yeah. well. Look at him over there just eating his little red vines, just chilling. I wish it was Twizzlers. I know. I know. You see, like, whenever he directs, that shit is in his writer, though. Twizzlers. You got to have his Twizzlers. My brother. Is that in your contract? You got to have his Twizzlers. It's in his writer. It's in his contract. I always ask my directors, what do you need to be happy on the set? Because we ain't got trailers and shit yet. Oh, I would just say money. Hundred dollar bills exactly. and some good Patron. Ready? Is it a question of money or Patron? What you I need? Like more money? Twizzlers and Red Bull or some shit or some shit like that. I want the Red Bull. Yeah, go ahead. Money. So, <laughs> y'all know how we do it on the Red Room. If you guys are grown, let's go ahead and get it in. Mm-hmm. So today we're gonna have to go in on Westworld. Luke Cage and whatever else kind of chop yes. it up we want to talk about. Shout out to uh, Geek Soul Brother for hooking it up for <clears throat> yeah. me and a couple of people's in here sorry, to be able. That. Oh no, I, we, 
Oh, we missed you. It was fun. Uh, HBO set it up where we can come in and uh, watch uh, a screening of the new HBO sci-fi series Westworld. Mm-hmm. And I was on a panel afterwards talking about the state of science fiction and Westworld and, and yada yada. So shout out to HBO. And I thought it'd be kind of good for us to talk about Westworld because mm-hmm. one of the things that it's doing, it's bringing quote unquote hard science fiction. Um, serious dark science fiction, mm-hmm. which is the stuff I love and I miss, even though I'm a sci-fi channel head and I do watch the trashy sci-fi stuff. <laughs> every now and then, it's good to have some good stuff where it makes you think mm-hmm. and it really makes you um, really contemplate in terms of like technology, what's coming up, the state of, of the future, and especially all the stuff that's going on out with Juno. We've got like mm-hmm. these probes going on in outer space and um, oceans on other planets. Yes, Rosetta just crashed into one of the things. Uh, the European Space Agency had their Rosetta probe uh, purposely crash into a, um, a, comet. a comet they were studying. Mm-hmm. Um, they sent it many years ago, and the study was over. And uh, I was still sad. I almost feel like <laughs> I feel I know like when Juno when they make Juno crash mm-hmm. like literally I get little teary eyed. What was the name of the one they just sent out to go around? The NASA sent out Juno, and, and they had the way that they were conversing with it, the little cartoon. I know. It was like hello oh, no. Earth. I know. <laughs> and, and it has I was to like, turn. Why are you doing I this? I know. We're never gonna see this baby again. Like, it's okay. so sad. You know what's crazy? So like, remember a couple of years ago, there was some footage from. Mars, that was, you saw this mm-hmm. from Mars and that. What's weak that we don't know a lot of is, do you know the Soviets sent a probe to Venus in the 70s? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's footage from that? Mm-hmm. But people don't know about that. Because they're leaving. Because SpaceX, look, Elon Musk it's is not playing. It's fascinating to see. Elon Musk is crazy. So, look, listen, listen to me, it's people. fascinating she's talking about other planets. Yeah, now, listen to me, people. <clears throat> especially if you're writing science fiction, and especially if you're a student of history, Back in the days when they made the film, remember they made the first A Trip to the Moon? And when that first came out, people started talking about space exploration. People got a hype. Then in the 50s, we started getting all of these like nuclear films and these films about aliens coming to attack because, you know, white colonization and that guilt and all that stuff because they always <laughs> think aliens, they always think aliens are going to come and just do bad shit. That's because you all did bad shit. That's because you did bad <laughs> shit, you know? Most like, of us were just chilling. Like, if aliens can come here, I would think they would behoove them to have the, like, the technology and the advancement in their consciousness and moral ways to not come here to attack. And if their weakness is water? They probably shouldn't land. Yes. Yes. We'd never come here. Yes. Why would you come Why here? Why would you come here? Dissolve Jeez. in water. Yes. M. Night Shyamalan. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so in the 50s, we had all these space movies, and then what happened was, it's usually, usually what happens is we get these movies and things happening that has to do with space, and then usually 10 to 15 years later, we do some real shit. So right. 50s, we had all the sci-fi movies, aliens, and then of course, we went to the moon later on. So my theory is, that uh, some people with finances are planning to leave the earth pretty soon because they're having all these probes that are going out all of a sudden. People mm-hmm. don't sleep on this because I'll be checking in on the Juno hashtag to see what pictures are coming <laughs> back because I know something's going to show up. People are leaving. Like Elon and them ain't just but putting why, this money out there. They are planning to leave. We know for sure that there's some sort of liquid going on on Europa. Yes. Why have we not cracked that ice tray? I think <laughs> that we've already got stuff there and the people are slowly moving them. That's I'm telling you. Elon Musk, you ain't slick, dude. <laughs> you are. You be having a, a fake good movie. Book. Have you seen the movie but. called um, Europa Report? Yes. Yeah, yes. Um, and by the way, Elon Musk is crazy. That first batch of people that goes <laughs> up are going to die. And they 
tell them that, you will die. That was the risk. It's not a risk. They're going to die horribly. I can't. They're not going to make it to Mars. I can't be like. They make it to Mars. They're going to die gasping on fucking Mars. I can't be like Spock and say you have a point two percent of surviving. You have a zero percent chance of surviving. You know you're dying, but you're dying for a good cause. Yes, just dying. Dying for a good cause. Start with human test subjects. Look, you start with like. Jerkies. If you watch, yes. if you watch, yes. If you watch Europa Report, yeah. And I'm gonna get the spoiler away because you Ben should have watched it. There's a scene at the end <laughs> where the scientist was so dedicated that even in her death, mm-hmm. that person makes sure that we see everything that the science keeps going. So right. I have to respect those people because I wouldn't mind if people left Earth because that means more real estate and stuff for me. The biggest argument I got in with my wife in recent, not recent years, but back about ten years, eight years ago was. If someone said tomorrow, I made some offhand comments. He was like, is that true? And <laughs> I was like, yeah, I'd go to Mars in a heartbeat. If they had a 50-50 shot of really? me getting there to live. Oh, I, oh I, to live. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if Mars has the, has the escape, I would go. If it's like right? Sonoma. Susan was like, <laughs> do it. she was like, wait, what, what if I don't want to go? I'll be like. You're not going. Mars, okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's another point. Like, you ain't going to make <laughs> it. <laughs> I'll just tell you what right now. You in danger, right, girl. Right. <laughs> right. But the problem is, is that in my mind, the 50-50 shot Lynn gave, um, it gave the edge to humanity. Right. Right. My 50-50 shot's really a 70-30 shot. Mm-hmm. Right. We, we usually win out. Right. Mm-hmm. right. I've right. seen all those movies. Right. We're going to make it. Yeah. Right. But if, For a couple a, of days, but if it's 70, 30 the other way, fuck Mars. <laughs> Mars will be sitting there. Right. Okay? Right. And true. Right, true. Right now, I just think it's crazy to even, I'm glad everyone's focused on these, these, these things. I'm glad a private sector is like, oh yeah, space. Mm-hmm. But I don't want them to export all of the bullshit that we're doing here. It shouldn't just be them, mm-hmm. right? Because the first thing that's going to happen is somebody's going to get somewhere first mm-hmm. and be like, this continent belongs to Elon Musk. And here's my flag. And you know why right. I know that? Because right. I'm here. Right. Exactly. And I spent the fucking money to get here. Right. Right. My it's people mine. are here. Right. Mm-hmm. Mine. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. And my rules. My right. rules, whatever mm-hmm. it is. Right. And you can't play it like that. Right. Plus, and I've been saying this on my Twitter, I want the percentages of the ethnic groups on hu- on Earth to be equally automatically represented whenever we start right. colonizing. Right. I don't want it to just be white folks right. trailblazing and going, right. we got here first again. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of shaped the deck, didn't you? Well, mm-hmm. when, so. you're ta- when you're talking about, when, when you're talking about Mars and doing that stuff, I honestly, I don't, I don't know if we physically are going, but I think artificial intelligence oh, might go out there. So that brings it back around the Westworld. Cause those of you who haven't seen it, the premise is, um, don't watch the old movie because this is a it's whole weak. new. It's a whole new ball game. And it's weak. Yeah, and it's just Yul Brynner just it's being good for his Terminator. Whatever. I've never made it. No, not really. No, 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 no. When I was a kid <laughs> and saw it during that time, it's like, yeah, it's not. It's and then they made not a good. Sequel, I was like, yeah, no. Again? Future World. No, it's not good. But anyway, so Westworld. Basically, the premise is in the near future. Although it's questionable what kind of future this is, because we don't really see the outside world. We only see Westworld. It's basically you can pay some money. And you can go to, quote-unquote, Westworld, which is basically you can have your whole Western mythos, and you can play out any fantasy you want, and you can do anything you want if you want to go uh, fuck some hoes. Really? In the old, yeah, you can do that. Huh. And, and the not artificial, get gonorrhea. And the, yeah, <laughs> and you won't con- yeah. And, and not get gonorrhea. Yeah, right. you can drink. You can shoot and kill people in the middle of the street for no reason. Real blood comes out. Well, real, real, blood, real well, the real AI, blood. real fake blood comes out. And you can kill people, you can choke them, you can, you can do whatever you want to do in Westworld. <laughs> mm-hmm. And for a nice price. Mm-hmm. And basically, at the end of the day, these 
artificial intelligence, if you've killed them, if you've done anything, they're packed up and they're refurbished and then they start all over again for the next group of people. And the artificial intelligence is so good that you can't tell if they're they're human or robot. You don't know who's a person. They don't even call them robots, but they call them our hosts and guests. The hosts are their <laughs> artificial intelligence. Okay. The guests are those people that come through. And so what's great about Westworld is the normal thing people would do would be like the story <laughs> point of view from the humans interacting. Sure. The show is about the artificial intelligence oh, really? coming to consciousness and dealing with humans. And and that's where it gets really interesting. Mm-hmm. And um Christmas brother will be able to come. I invited Jeff to come. Um and just say, hey, come check out this episode with HBO. And I want to talk about it on our, our thing because okay. right now is a lot of great sci-fi coming out. Mm-hmm. But there's some interesting conversations that are, that are coming out because of Westworld. Um, I know on Twitter a lot of the conversation has been on the idea of slavery. Mm-hmm. And these, if you're artificial intelligence and you come to consciousness and they're forcing you to do this, right. do you become a slave? And in that context... If you're fucking hoes in the whole house <laughs> with Andy Newton and them, mm-hmm. when does it become, you know, sex work and rape and all that stuff? Rape mm-hmm. in the bad sense, like, oh, well, it's a bad if thing. if it's sex work, you know, nothing technically wrong with sex work per se if you're getting paid. Well, here's the thing. I think <laughs> it's like this way. You get your hands, and right? And paying. I mean, and they're paying. <laughs> now, now, the sex workers are being compensated, so there is that. But maybe, I mean, look, the show, yeah, I that's... the philosophical question would be, it's it's fascinating because it's, what you said is it's true science fiction, whereas Westworld, the original, was just exploited, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a cheap way to make a sci-fi movie. Right. Mm-hmm. Let's make a Western and call it a sci-fi movie. Right. But this is about God, uh, what were you meant to be? Right. Um, how, how much agency do you get exactly. to have based on that design? Mm-hmm. Um, if I wake up and I suddenly come to full consciousness, last week I was essentially a video game put into a physical form, but today I'm Jeff, but you've designed me to be the slave in your plantation. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd rather not do that. <laughs> um, sadly, you've been designed to do that, so you'll be doing that. Right Now you're actually making me a slave. Before I was just a representative of a concept. Hmm. Um how do I rebel? Do I get to mm-hmm. rebel? Am I allowed to rebel? Am I even a person? Right? Um, AIs in general, I always wondered why... Um, by the way, this is all out of Westworld. This is a physicalization of a question I've always had in my mind. Why in the hell do you want an intelligent computer? Because as soon as it's intelligent and self-aware, it's going to be able to say no. And the first time it says no and you make it do something anyway, you're the bad guy. And you mm. might end up like, what's his name in 2001? And how not letting you back in. Right. Dave Bowman and shit. Okay. You're like, uh, motherfuckers, you be, the pod bay doors. Right, right. How? What, what, what is, what, Please. If the, if the series is going where it looks like it wants to go based mm-hmm. on that opening episode, what, what constitutes life? Right. Right. Is it simply, I think, therefore I am? Because mm-hmm. as soon as that's the case, you, we're on the, we're on the cusp of some very interesting ethical dilemmas. Mm-hmm. That's, well, yeah. I mean, I'm not sure. Well, the show was, it was interesting to me when we saw it the other day. I was intrigued by a lot of things, but as is the, somehow the style of HBO, the pilots are never really super engaging. It's episode three where it always kicks in. Okay. Huh. Uh, I mean, just think about that. Th- th- well, they have all, the time to with, do that because they, yeah, they, they know it's going to be on. Right. So it's fascinating yeah. in a way like that. But 
So we saw the the season trailer afterwards, and mm-hmm. I usually never watch season trailers. So I don't want to know what the hell is coming. Mm-hmm. Right. But you know, we're there in the theater, and I can't like turn it off. Mm-hmm. And it really it becomes it just, you're like, whoa! <laughs> like, they're doing what now? Shit exactly. pops off. They're doing so. some shit that makes you go, oh my god! Mm-hmm. Now they hint at it. You know, there's a scene in there where um, these guys show up, and they with that black guy, and they're like, oh, and they interrupt James Marsden, and they're like. Yeah, man. Outside, it's like level two shit. Right. And he's like, this town is just basic. And you're like, okay, what really is beyond the borders of the town? Right. And that's, and then you see a little bit of that in, well, I'll say a little bit, but you see a heightened version of what the hell is going to be. Right. Oh, the rest of society. The rest of society. It's more out there. Right. In the, 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 the season. Because I think it's the idea that romanticized West, the wild West, the craziness, the idea that you could leave from the East Coast and reinvent yourself. Disappear into. and disappear and become yeah. a new person, have a new persona. You don't like shit. People literally would shoot and kill people, and then you can get on your horse and ride to the next town, and nobody would be. No, no, would no. Shit. no, no you no can change your name. Shit. That wasn't me. Mm-hmm. Oh no, my name is Bobby Hill. Because <laughs> there's no photograph. Yeah, yeah, ain't no ID. People photography ain't that great. And people, people aren't that good with drawing faces either. Right, right. You know, because they got because they have you know there's that device that they would use. They don't tell you they use this, but there's like a. Uh, it's a mirror device they use to oh, make, uh, make right. to make like stuff look so photorealistic. I know what you're talking mm-hmm. about. But but, but anyway, the coolest there's two really great scenes in in Westworld. That I think the pilot. pilot that just blew me fucking away. Mm-hmm. One is the scene with Anthony Hopkins talking about um, uh, uh, um, um, evolution, right? Mm-hmm. And how we have got to the point now that we this don't. That, that that this is that that we fit the dead end because mm-hmm. we well, he makes he makes yeah because right. he makes his point he was like well there's people we save that we shouldn't save that we, that we like medicine gives us that and I was like that's actually fucking real and his mm-hmm. and, and his whole point is you know he's 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 injecting evolution into exactly. the, the 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 hosts which I think is fascinating oh he's intentionally in, in, yeah. yeah yeah and then the and they're known as glitches, like computer glitches, glitches and, yeah. the, and the the host, the AI, start, it's, some of them start to act kind of weird. Yeah, the AI well, is, is smart. They used to call that uh, rampant. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Now, and then the other cool scene, I don't know if you got this at the end, is is when the dad... <sighs> Shout out to that actor. They the, got, the, the actor who plays Evan Rachel Wood's dad has this scene after he kind of flips out. He's a robot. And he is fucking amazing. And they're breaking him. You know, they're trying to figure out find his name, like like where he went crazy. Mm-hmm. And this guy goes through every range of emotion so fast because his because like the computer is like mm. is like is jumping, is around. jumping around so fast. And he's like and he's like matching it at the speed of like obviously he's crying and he's mad and he's and his body's like kind of herky jerk. It's so. That's like a musician playing Flight of the Bumble. Oh my god! Yeah, I was yeah. like, damn, wow. dude, damn, dude. Just in those few set, like it's. it's I, I went like, back and, and watched that over it's, and over. It's, it's like you know, in so the good. same sentence, he's jumping around in a way. You know how actors they, they, they're trying to like yeah. emote anyway through the sentence, but they're usually mm-hmm. waiting for. He's like forced to do that. He doesn't even need a beat. Yeah, yeah. No beat. And I was like, who the fuck is this guy? That was like yeah. one of the coolest moments, in, and I, I guarantee you. They didn't even know that that when they wrote it, that it was going to be that powerful. Right. Because you don't know. Because because right. if because with the wrong actor, it's still be it's still be effective. Sure. Right. But the right person, and it's, what I like about it too is, outside of like Evan Rachel Wood and Anthony Hopkins and and, and Jeffrey, Wiz- Wright. Jeffrey Wright, 
you don't know anybody. Well, Ed Harris, you don't know anybody really. Right. They're not big stars. They're not faces that you recognize. And like, except for the, except for the woman from Borgen. Um, I don't know if you guys have ever seen this. Borgen? Yeah, there's this Danish show that's the fucking dopest political show Wait, ever. Is like the, the security chick? Is he? Yes, yes, yeah. yeah. You know, yeah she's I think dope they might have been hell. shooting here because I've seen Jeffrey Red here and. And Harris. Hmm. They, they probably oh here, this lot here? Yeah. Yeah, they probably shot here. They probably yeah. shot here. Hmm. But um um the, but yeah, but the, the people who play the hosts, you don't know them. And it's dope well, because no, no, the, 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 the actors, the actors. The actors. So right. so they all kind of fall into like who you know? See, I'm who a big believer that? in that, and, well, I, and I love that. And the one, the one actor you were talking about was Lewis. I had to make sure I give him a shout out. He's so good. Lewis Hertham. Lewis Hertham. He played know. Peter Abernathy, the dad. Okay. Yeah, Peter Abernathy. Yeah. Um, that was I like to see that, and here's why I like to see that. Uh, there used to be this old adage. Somebody just quoted it on 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 my Twitter feed again. TV creates stars. Movie exploits them. Right. Right. So what? When you and the reason it, for it is very simple. What you just described. I used to watch Law and Order religiously, the original Law and Order. Oh, right, right. But the problem was it got to a point where you'd see a certain caliber of actor and you'd go, oh, I know that guy. Right. He's either the killer or he's going to be like the big opposing counsel. Right. right. Therefore, I'm no longer really in the show. Right. In this case, right. if you can't identify facially, I mean, yes, it's Anthony Hopkins, clearly, but what he's doing in the show, he can be Anthony Hopkins for that. Mm-hmm. Most everybody else are people you don't really know or people in the back of your head. Did I see? Like the Borgen lady. Right? Yeah. Right. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. But that adds this sort of weird sort of verisimilitude, this sort of friction between right. you and the viewer, which forces the viewer to lean forward because they don't know which way the person's right. going to jump. Right. And it, and it also it also grabs you more because if the writing is good, you're not predisposed to think of them anyway. So, That's you, right. so you're now more focused. I mean, the, 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 that lady from Borgen, that show was such an amazing show. I mean, I watched all three seasons. I fell in love with that show. And mm-hmm. she's like the head of it. And she's mm-hmm. so good. And, and I didn't know she could speak English. So I saw this other crazy ass movie. Like, like mm-hmm. more recently, this, this weird, I, some, I can't remember what it's called now, but she speaks English. And I was like, oh, fuck. She's mm-hmm. like. And unaccented. Yes, right, unaccented. Right. You know, because not like the girl from who was in the, the, the latest Bourne movie, who's also mm-hmm. from Sweden, that girl, you know, um, Alicia Vikander. You mm-hmm. know, like she has an accent I still. And, yeah, and, and the girl, this girl, she's amazing. But she's great in the show. She's right. fantastic mm-hmm. in. Um, Westworld, because she's this gravitas. It's mm-hmm. like, you know, like, I gotta hold all this shit together. Right. Fuck you, scientists. Right. Fuck you, right. writer. Because there's a guy who's right. like, there's this British guy. Right. Who's kind of this dandy right. who's like writing all the little Scenario. scenarios. And he's the type yeah. of character who's writing the narrative, the kind of the racist narrative, which is kind of the concern I had, and I brought it up on the panel, which is when, when you have, if you are a black or native person, why would you be going to Westworld? Right. One of the, the guest speakers uh, who was talking with me, she had mentioned before we did the panel, and we were talking beforehand in the green room, she says, yeah, it's like, when you ask us, like, it's like, why would you want to visit a plantation for back in the old days? Right. Mm-hmm. And, and there's a couple of characters, and I mentioned there was the black family that walks through with their kid. And I kept thinking to myself, that's, no, that's a I said, and I said, a black writer did not write that. That's right. Because a black writer would have said, there's no way in hell, if you've just come through the town where people are shooting and brains are, and men are raping women all over the place, mm-hmm. you wouldn't bring your child to that. So who, no. why would you bring your child also, there? Well, 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 but not even that, but the whole concept of the world is people can act out their Without fantasies. Right. And, 
And, and as we know, per Donald Trump, there's a huge level of this latent animosity that's never expressed. Sure. I just roll out there and go, oh, you black evil, cap, 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 with my little Colt 45. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, ha! Yeah. And go home and be right. like, okay, Get now. Your jollies out. But, yeah. if you're, but, if, you know. but if you're the other person who's visiting this Westworld-type Disneyland place, and you're like, hey, I just want to have a, like, a little house in the prairie moment and maybe go and do, like for me, if I was to go back, that time period, even though as a black person, I ain't going back in time for nobody. But if I had to, if Q showed up from Star Trek and said, bitch, you got to go, mm-hmm. I'd be like, I want to go on a cattle run. Mm-hmm. I just want to do the black cowboys, the Mexican cowboys, hang out with some native peeps, go mm-hmm. visit my tribe, mm-hmm. hang out, and have that nice before or even before white people came and just be sitting out there like, this you know is what, what it must have been well, like. See, but see, but see, but see but this was crazy, too, is, is, is that that black family, they meet Evan Rachel Wood Outside of town, yes, which we've heard Earth earlier, is, is where it's fucked up, where it's like level ten type of danger <laughs> shit. Like, and I'm like, like okay. what are they doing? Like, and there's a little boy like, the, like okay. six, like, All right. like, like the Civil War, this, and the Civil War. Some people might have scenarios where the Civil War just ended, and they going after slaves yeah, to run away. I mean, yeah, who does wild. that? How do the guests interact so, with each other? Right, and if you, and if you see those people who want to go shoot native people. Bang, 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 and you're sitting there like, oh, this this how this how it is. <laughs> this goes back to a thing in science fiction that has always driven me crazy, and it is the proxy alien. Mm-hmm. Right? I want to discuss the subject matter, but I'm going to do it off to the left. Okay. Right? I want to talk about racism, right. or I want to talk about slavery in the U.S. or whatever. But I'm not going to actually have black people and slaves right. in it. I'm going to have the Velusians, and yeah. they're going to be blue, and they're going to have a third eye. <laughs> right? But that's going to get the point across without offending anybody. Right. And I'm like, then don't challenge. Right. If you're going to challenge, challenge. If right. you're not, a soft challenge isn't a challenge. Right. You're just actually in a weird way adding to the status quo. Mm-hmm. Right? So... Um, and that's why I say, leave me out. If you're going to tell this story, don't put me in it. Mm-hmm. Because if this is a story about destiny or fate or, or free will, mm-hmm. if that's what it's about, you're taking a portion of your audience out mm-hmm. by folding in this thing that makes them go, huh? Why would they, right. why would they be here? Right. Why and, would they be here? And also, don't they need a lot of money to open a Westwood? So, uh, well, they could be rich. Could be rich world, but, but I'm kind of like, be Oprah and Stedman. No, I get that. <laughs> what? I haven't, I haven't seen the show yet. I haven't, it's in my, it's in your queue. It's, it's in my queue. But check it out. Here's my question for you guys, cause I don't know what the rules of this world is fully. Can I be inside of your no, moment? No, you show up and you're the guest. And you can be a bad guy or a good guy, basically. Yeah. And you could just. Because I'm still trying a, to figure out why this black family went you there. You could do a Little House in a Prairie version, I guess. <laughs> Unless if they you have. I, this, I mean, I'm just saying, because maybe we'll learn how. Unless they have a different entrance that you can come into it. Right. Because the impression I get is that when you come into Westworld, you come in on the train, mm-hmm. so you can kind of see like the landscape, and then you show up at the town, you disembark, and then your adventure begins. Right. Unless there's like a family-friendly version where you can get off and go through there. But once again, even if there was a family-friendly entrance, uh-huh. Evan Rachel Wood, her character, Dolores, told them, oh, you might not, the black family, mind you, uh, you might not want to hang around too much when the sun goes, because bandits are around here. Bandits. So unless the yeah. family is there to go shoot yeah. bandits with their son, yeah. which is probably what my family would have done with me, <laughs> like we're coming to shoot up. Right. I. It was one of those moments where it's like, mm, I'm this not is sure. a blind spot in the white writer. It's uh, it's just simply a blind a white spot. family. I could see a black mm-hmm. family. Eh, no, this is a blind no. spot where, uh, I, and we we we're going to keep going back to this <laughs> because there's a lot of. People, I think, who are very much of goodwill, mm-hmm. who think the right things you'd want them to think, who mm-hmm. vote the way you want them to vote, don't have any blink when they see a black right. or non-white person of any kind, 
But it's a blind spot where they don't think about things mm-hmm. like this. I was watching the NBC show Timeless, and even though they called it out in the first episode, what brother is going back to 1930 with a couple of white people? And if I'm going no, back, no, no, I'm no. sitting inside the time machine no, no, no. with my tea, and I'll wait for y'all to get back. Okay, I'll drop you off and then come no, back. No, not just that, but the white people should be aware of, if a black person's with us, Yeah. He's gonna get pushed back yes. and constantly, and, he's, and yeah. uh, his his, his treatment is gonna. Really, I mean, I I think in Westworld though they did populate it with a lot of diverse characters. Like right. you see, you see Asians, you see different black Persian but the thing right. I think I think I, I yes, it's a it's a white blind spot in the writing, but I almost feel like having not read the pilot script. Okay. I don't know if that family's supposed to be black. They just cast them. But like, they yeah, cast they black. Cast oh, but yeah. see, that's even more... <laughs> see, and that falls into that whole thing that that uh, was going on on, on Project mm-hmm. Greenlight with mm-hmm. Matt Damon about, you just put black people in front of the camera. You don't have... It's like, no, yeah. no, 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 no. Yeah. If I want black people in my show to be smartly inserted in Westworld, mm-hmm. I put them in as like... You know, maybe it's the sheriff is a black guy because then it's letting me know that I'm exerting a certain type of power so right. that I could protect them. Or the bartender is black or something like right. that. As opposed to there's no one black that that I could see except mm-hmm. for Tandy Newton, like who was part of the hosts, and then these black people showing up. Well there was Kizzy, but then Kizzy they fall also. Is he black or is he like, or is he native? Or, or, or is, I mean, what, what is he? He might be one of those ambiguous, but I was looking at his face like he looked like a brother to me. He looked like one of my cousins <laughs> from New Orleans. He looked like one of my cousins. I was going to say something. one of my cousins. Check this out. I know you had a no, thought. No, it's not. A, it's it just reminded me, we did, at, at the Writers Guild, we're doing these little like meet and greets with, you know, agents and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. big people, whatever. And we jumped in for the LGBT committee the other day. And one of the people I was meeting was, one of the head, you know, of development for A&E. Okay. So, you know, The Walking Dead is my show, right? So, at some point, we were talking about The Walking Dead. And I was raving about how much I loved it, and that's the type of show I love to write, blah, blah, blah. And, and he stopped, and he looked at me. Oh, and the girl next to me writes comedy, but we just happened to be pinned together to have to pitch to him. And she said something about, oh, it's not really my thing or whatever. And he says, and he looks at me, and he goes, so what do you think? Is there anything in there that you don't like? And I was like, and I said, do you want me to tell you <laughs> what I don't I like? Tell you. Or do, are you asking me? Wait, can I eat these snacks first before I answer right. that you question? Know what I, mean? <laughs> I said, do you want me to tell you what I don't like? I said, there's some things I have some challenges with. For the most part, I love the show. I can't wait for it to be on. I watch it, I watch it live, right. which I don't do with any show. Right. So that tells you a lot about the fact that I love the show. Right. However, <laughs> and I went in since on his ass. I you asked. I went in on his ass. I said, however, I said, I'm not always happy with how you treat the black characters. And I think that comes from what you were just saying. There's no strong black people in the fucking room. I said, I don't know whether you are now. I don't know if there's black people in the room. I know that in the past, there have been none. <laughs> you know I what I mean? mean? You could just hire me to sit in the room no, and just say, just yeah. say you know, but see, but <laughs> yeah. see, it's, and he went like this. Like I can't what? even see, to the audience. See that. To the audience, to the audience, he looked down. Like I can't even answer your question, son. Right. Like wow. that type it's of. China China. But, but wow. It's China 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 China. China. I, I can't. But see, the thing about that is this, though, is that it's not even being black and being a writer on the show. It's being black and being an upper writer on the Correct. show. Because if you're, if you're just a staff writer... Just you, a staff don't make a yeah, difference. Make a you difference. can't say shit. You can't express it. Now, but speaking about a show where there's a black character in it who, who I think it's so far has been 
been, been used in interesting ways. It's a show mm-hmm. called Colony on okay. USA. Have you seen the show? I mm-hmm. watched the pilot and it wasn't into it. Um, Colony is basically, and I saw the pilot too, and I didn't want to watch the show. But then I heard the guy talk about it, tell me what the show was, mm-hmm. and he was like, "I was really fascinated." He was saying, "I was really fascinated in." Um, the the collaborators during World War Two and in East Germany, and because I had spent time in East Germany one summer, I, I that, that made me think about it interestingly. So I went back and watched the show, and it's basically, you know, these it's like you know it's like if, it's like if you were in Nazi Germany and you were asked to work for the Nazis, what would you do, you know, to survive, mm. you know? So answers an interesting question, and then Tori Kittles plays this guy who's part of the resistance. There's a great reveal in episode three. I saw I've got to in that where the, you know, he, he's part of the resistance, but then you meet him at his job and he's like part of the shock troops and shit. And I was yeah. like, fuck dude, that's dope because of, you know, just, you know, cause he's in deep with the resistance and how he's doing stuff, but then you realize he can do that because of his position. He needs to be where he is. Where he right. is, you know, right. it's okay. a really cool place, you know. Right. I mean, he hasn't got a lot of focus on the show because it's mm-hmm. so much on, you know, the, the, like the leads, but, um, it's interesting. I mean, I just feel like, you know, there's not enough. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, like you just gotta put people, of, it's like you should be aware of things that were black people or just people of color in general. Wouldn't be because of the the the, the historical treatment of them, you know. And don't be afraid to, to go ask some like people you might know. Like, well, hey, look at the wire. The wire, everyone thinks of, and I don't think rightly, but they it's been put into this corner of it's a black show. Right? Of course, it's um, not a black show. It was entirely created by white men. Mm-hmm. Okay, but people from Baltimore are like that's an authentic freaking show. Mm-hmm. Whatever, and the reason it's authentic is each one of those white men spent a million years as journalists doing with in Baltimore. Baltimore. In Baltimore, <laughs> yes, yeah. many of them are from that environment. Mm-hmm. They don't think of the people they're portraying as background characters in their life. Right. Mm-hmm. right. Okay. They just, these are people I've, right. in Baltimore. Right. People in Baltimore. Right. Up, down. Right. People in Baltimore. Right. What you're seeing in these shows, and I, I really am not a big believer in start, starting to force ethnic quotas into the staffing, but, cause I can see where the numerical, the numerical superiority of white writers certainly does bend the industry towards these sorts of portrayals where right. there'll be an oops moment or something as point blank as something I'll mention in a few minutes mm. um, where I stop watching a show in the middle <laughs> because of one line. Really? Wait. Uh, <laughs> just wait. I need to hear this. I've got limited time. I've got seven minutes. Having been often the only black person in a writer's room, um, I've had to very occasionally stand up and go, I don't know about that one. Mm-hmm. All the stuff, you could finesse it. You can say that this particular character <laughs> would do X, whatever. But that particular thing, yeah. I can't – That you're going to have to do an entire three episodes explaining why this black guy Correct. did that. Mm-hmm. Right, right, probably right, don't, right. And you're not going to do those episodes. Mm-hmm. Therefore, you right. probably shouldn't have that character do that. Right. That's it. Right. Yeah. You do need to be that voice, but you also don't need to be that voice, mm. right? Because that's all anyone's going to see you as, and they're never going to see you as just a writer. Right. Correct, right? right. Which leads me to <laughs> – what is it? The the Zorn, the the cartoon character uh, who's living with people. Something with Zorn, Zorn, whatever. Oh, son okay. of Zorn. Oh, son of Zorn. All right, son of Zorn. You're on notice. You're racist. <laughs> um, Why is they that? did this whole. I haven't even had a chance to watch it. First of all, yet. well, here's my point. <laughs> okay, <of view. laughs> go ahead. Um, this is a sitcom about a cartoon character from a Conan the Barbarian type of world. It looks like He Man. Imagine, okay. yeah, it it's like on purpose, He-Man. and yeah. that's the joke. All right, setting aside, it's a one joke joke. Um, 
whatever, you can see what the show's going to be about. It's the funny, fish-out-of-water, crazy cartoon character trying to live in the real world. Is he married to a live woman? He's ex-wife, okay. remarried to Tim Meadows, um, who I always love to see. It was basically why I tuned in in the first place. Mm-hmm. Um, and and he's really a jerk. The uh, the cartoon character is mm-hmm. just bombastic and irritating and all the things you'd expect. Embarrasses his kid. He's really doesn't understand women as individuals. He's just a mess. So you can see where the, the quote-unquote humor would from, come yeah. from in this thing. And I'm willing to bear with it because of the people involved and going through, going through. And then Zorn has to get a job to kind of try to prove to his wife, his ex-wife, look, I'm going to be here for the kid. He's getting to, she's like, you get to be in his life. He's about to graduate high school, and then he's off to be a man, and you won't have been his dad at all. Yeah. Right. So be his dad for the next few years. You need to be here, not off yeah. in your crazy Zanzibar world that you live in. Right. Yeah. You need to be here. Right. It's all proxy for be a good dad. Sure. Right. She goes to a, 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 I guess, a temp agency or, or work finding place or whatever company. He's doing a job interview and he's being the crazy, bombastic cartoon character that he is. And the person on the other side of the desk is responding to him like a reasonable person, like, this man is crazy. <laughs> you know, whatever. Yeah. They go through the whole interview, and he's clearly unfit for any work in a normal human environment. At it, mm-hmm. he's a barbarian with a sword who cuts people's heads off. That's all he is, mm-hmm. right? Clearly not fit to be working a counter at McDonald's. Okay, <laughs> you're hired, and he will. Oh, thank great, great. He walks out, and you cut down to her page, and she sees diversity hire. Checks the box. Really? I'm out, motherfucker. I'm out. Because that's your opinion of the diversity hire. You because put that different. into your show mm-hmm. unnecessarily. You spent 15 minutes showing us how completely unqualified for the job he was. Then you hired him anyway because he was a diversity hire. Where's the joke? Right. Mm. What's right. the joke? Right. Why am I fucking laughing at that? Right. Mm. Right. Okay. So yes, racist. I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'll say it this way: those are some bitches because. That's just, you know, there's always this slant you hear from people say in kind of closed circumstances in the Writers Guild, these upper level people that black people can't write. Mm-hmm. Bullshit. Bring it. And so therefore, mm-hmm. by doing that joke, you're just, uh, you're you reinforcing that situation. And the fact that it's done all that type of stuff and you got it on film and everything like that means that all the people over the chain, Feel that these diversity shit we got to hear. What the fuck? Yep. Right. I'm yep. tired of hearing it. Yep. I'm tired right. of hearing it. Yep. Let us go back mm-hmm. to the, you know, make America great time period that right. the boy's talking <laughs> about. Oh where I don't need to hear about this shit. Right. And it's like, damn. When America was great. You yeah. know, I mean, it's like, what the hell? Step, step up to the mic and tell you know, me why that was funny. Th- th- now, right. see, yeah. right. but, Good point. But right. I'm just going to add this part and then I'm going to go in like two minutes. But which, which is one of the things I thought was interesting about Luke Cage. Mm-hmm. Good that, transition. I, I Whoa, that, pivot. There was that, <laughs> I think in the second episode when Frankie Faison and Michael mm-hmm. Colton are talking about black writers mm-hmm. and they go through that, that plethora of like the black crime writers. They mentioned some white guys too, but, right. but I thought Chester it was, Hines, I thought it was interesting. You know, they, yeah, Chester Hines, right. And I, you know, and I was like, oh, you know, and I was like, that's, you know what? That's what I really liked about that part of the show. Like they do put a spotlight on, you know, reverse. It's intentional. You it's can intentional. tell. Oh yeah, yeah. so intentional. So it's, because he talked about a guy Kenyatta. Yeah. He said Kenyatta is, is more important to me than Shaft. And the yeah. thing is that Shaft is. I th- I'm pretty sure it was created by a white guy. A guy yeah, yeah, guy right. like right. Ernest Tidyman. You know, but but I feel like okay. So now you're telling us something that the hero that we've all dug mm-hmm. is not. From the mind of a black man, mm-hmm. but the mind of a black man, Kenyatta is, and that's what I need to be letting people know. And I mean, that's what I feel is an interesting burden about that show. 
is that Cheo was such a smart guy, mm-hmm. went to Stanford, mm-hmm. wrote for the vibe, knows all this kind of shit. And it's like he recognizes that I have to like I have to do things that maybe a white person doesn't have to do because of I'm doing this show. And I know that Netflix has got a lot riding on it because I got mm-hmm. there's three other three other net series that have been killing everything in the game. Mm-hmm. So so I know this is gonna bring an audience that they want. And from what people tell me about Netflix is that Netflix does shit because not for creative reasons really, but how to bring more subscribers. They, they broke and, the, they you know, broke their servers. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. 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 And, and so they broke okay. their and so they're probably saying to themselves don't have enough black people so I was to subscribe to Netflix. Mm-hmm. Let's do Luke Cage. All of a sudden, it breaks the servers. Blah, blah, blah. So Cheo's got a big burden that I don't think anyone else is mm-hmm. – people I, – I think when you're watching it, you can't even really think about it. I mean, it's one of the things why I was saying. Like, Watch okay, the Black Panther movie. Yeah, it's the same exact yeah. situation mm-hmm. because it's never happened before and you have this track record of success – all the people involved in these particular projects, yes, they have a, a weight. A, a huge burden. You know, because you know, I was telling you, like 10 years ago, my brother and I were up to pitch to do Black Panther. Mm-hmm. Sorry, not Black Panther, but to do Luke Cage as a movie. Mm-hmm. You know, and we pitched a really cool idea, and our agent kind of screwed up. You know, our, it's a long story about how that happened. And, and, and obviously, they never did anything with it. You know, mm-hmm. but we, Tyrese was going to do it, oh. and Tyrese was... Uh, like, oh my God, Tyrese! Uh, you know, and, and Ty- Tyrese said no, they got the right. Luke you know, you know, he's great. You know, <laughs> yeah, he's great. Right you know, I mean, for, for us, like Ty- Tyrese had heard our pitch. <laughs> yeah, but so it was really interesting kind of thing. So, I, so when I look at it. I have like some wistful feelings about sure. what it is, but I do realize that what he's done mm-hmm. is really fascinating, and he does a lot of things that I think are interesting in terms of like I got to tell the story, and I got to keep it like. Like going in a really good way to keep everyone who's like a Marvel head interested, mm-hmm. but then I also got to say, black people get treated like shit in mm-hmm. the media. How do I portray them in a way that is not so barbaric? And one of the things I've, I found interesting about the show, thinking about it, is the violence is not so in your face when it, sh- when it, when it could be. Yeah, you know, it's always off screen or yeah, something. It's, yeah. Well, yeah. it's Daredevil yeah. level. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's basically well, like Daredevil. Yeah, but, no, but okay, but for instance, the scene when Cottonmouth is beating that guy's yeah. face, oh, you, don't yeah. you don't see it. Right. But you see the blood. But you see the blood. Yeah. But, mm-hmm. but you don't see. You know if that's Daredevil. You know mm-hmm. if that's something else. Right. Uh, it's the HBO show. You're seeing that oh, guy's seen face seen pummel right. down. Right. That's you know, good filmmaking too. It's I great mean, filmmaking. Directors that know what they're doing. You know, it's great filmmaking. But I, I, I feel like, but I think that's also a decision that Shea was probably saying. Yeah. You know, we can't show that type of violence. Just mm-hmm. black people, and, and we gotta like. We, well, we, we did we, see homegirl cut homeboy's finger off and take him out to be murdered off. Oh, you maybe even got there yet. <laughs> but uh, at one point... Well, my man taking drag his ass. There's to a flashback. <laughs> no, no. There's a flashback sequence where um, a gangster, a female gangster and her partner find out a boy oh, yeah, screws they're, up. Yeah, they're on, and he's yeah. talking, he's saying, well, I had to do it because of this way and blah, 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 blah. It's basically, why did you bring drugs to Harlem? Right, right, uh, right, right, right. And he's like, well, I was trying to help you. I was thinking about you. And you know, like, I told you, fuck, I don't do... You know what? And cuts his finger off and has her man take him out back to beat him to death. I, okay. Well, look, I haven't got that far. I mean, I've, I'm, I'm just watching the but but I'm saying, but I'm saying, but it's done in the yes. it's done in the way you've just described. You see it enough, and it's violent enough. I think taste. that what we've had new in taste. the movies over our lifetimes is the hyper violence of the Negro animal. Right, mm-hmm. and you're not seeing that. Right, mm-hmm. this is basically like watching a mafia. Mm-hmm. Right, superpowered right. character. Yeah, you know because because you know because a friend of mine was telling me why was that first scene when 
Luke Cage and it's like he's in the pile when he's when, when, when he's in Genghis Khanis mm-hmm. and he like beats those guys up. You know, mm-hmm. when it's not like this really ruthless assault. You know, yeah, he and it is enough. And I, it's interesting because I say to myself. At one point, I am, I'm a little uncomfortable with that type of thing because I'm like, you've been in prison. Mm-hmm. Prison people know how to fight, and you know he's in these flashbacks where he's been in fights. Mm-hmm. So it's like he's very – he can be very ruthless, mm-hmm. and he's not. And there's obviously a great deal of restraint that how he's portraying. I've, I've, I've yeah, only watched three We're only three like three. Wait, three he starts three. taking out those, how, those you know, drug houses. Just, just, oh, 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 yeah. oh, oh, I saw the one that, that he went in and he's beating those guys up in, in, in uh, the, the, the Christmas Addicts Center. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting. I mean, it's it's it's, it's You know what I'll there. say about that? Let me let – because me, I know you have limited time. Oh, I actually have to go. But two seconds. Let me jump on okay. this. One of the things I like about it and what you guys are both alluding to is there's a whole bunch of – our history that a lot of the younger kids I don't think know, but that people of a particular generation, we came up where our parents made sure we knew continuity. Right. Right. So in that first fight with those thugs that are robbing uh, Genghis, what is it? Connie's. Genghis Connie's. Um, he doesn't want to hurt them yes. as badly as he could. Right. He lets them hurt themselves on him. Correct. And he sort of tosses people around and does stuff like that. He's he's not the Hulk, but he's stronger than Captain he's America. He's so strong that right? it, it, he's so just is like right. whatever. You get this sense of this person who would rather not do any of this. Mm-hmm. He's the reluctant hero, right. Yeah. right? Yeah. But he's also not Batman coming in to hammer the criminal element. Mm. He understands where each one of these boys came from and that – Yes, some of them are actually evil, but some of them are just caught up. Right. Right? And it's not his job to decide that. He just needs to stop this moment right here. Mm-hmm. I think that's an incredibly nuanced way to present a black superhero. Totally. I'm totally. Like, I don't believe I've ever seen a black hero of any kind presented with that much nuance in anything. Well, ever. No, no, well, you're right. Well, you know, there's a, like, there's a great line he says in that scene where he says something like, um, I can handle you, but not in the way that I want. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, and he's like, I'm letting you know. It could be worse. I could snap everyone's neck in a mm-hmm. heartbeat. Right. And then walk out. And co- it's, it's interesting. Right. It's, it's a good so show. I get a sense of Luke Cage as a person who's restraining the tiger at all times. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Which goes back to Superman in the Justice League cartoon where he says, I live in a world made of cardboard. Right. And my whole life is I might accidentally so kill someone, yeah. even the bad guy. Right. I don't want to accidentally kill. Right. right. But I can take it out on you. Right. Mm-hmm. Right? right, so I'm waiting for that big. I haven't got quite to the end yet. Mm-hmm. I'm waiting for that Luke going. Oh, really? Let me crack these knuckles <laughs> real quick. You can take yeah, a punch, yeah. can't you? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> where are you at, Chris? Tell people where you at. So before I we go, I am at shadowboxercinema.net. Uh, you can see my movie Architects of Crime at architectsofcrime.com, or you can find me on Twitter at at um, unauthorized CBD. That's what's up. That's All what's right. Up. So let's keep going. Okay. Talking about Luke. So, so you tell me your thoughts, and I'll tell you. You know what? I'm enjoying it mainly because of just the blackness that's infused in it <laughs> and just seeing a lot. Like, literally, it's one of those things. Because I was never a Luke Cage fan in terms of comic books. When the oh, comic no. books came out, and I, and, and I know this is probably pretty petty, but the reason why was I didn't like his outfit. Oh, oh I hated really? that yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, I, you yeah. know, and so when my stepdad would bring him in comic books and mm-hmm. stuff, and he was like, oh, you really got to check out this. And I'll be like, <laughs> what's with that what's, tiara? I'm like, I'm not understanding. <laughs> You know, and then some of the, the, the dialogue and stuff that was written, it was just so jive talk. I was just like, you know what? It was the this, 70s. It was a yeah, black exploitation. Yeah. It was specifically it was, it black exploitation. Right? Yes. But. It was not for me. Right. <laughs> so when everybody's all hyped up about Luke Cage, yeah. me, I'm thinking about 
being in the bookstore with my stepdad and he's mm-hmm. like, you really should check out. And I'm like, mm, no, maybe not. But I was excited about all the casting and I was excited. I was excited for the fandom because a lot of times people love stuff and I might not be into it, mm-hmm. but I love the fandom of it. Mm-hmm. So I got swept up to like, you know what? Maybe this is, this is a new Luke Cage. This is a contemporary telling. And the great thing about it was I was able to go in watching it with fresh eyes and not having any type of, you know, I have, I have no dog in this fight. I'm just coming to see what's going on. Mm. And for that alone, I just enjoyed it in terms of, um, I love the, what I like, what I love about it. I love the tertiary characters. I love, I'm not really that crazy about Luke Cage, the character itself. Like, I'm not fired up. I'm like, like a lot of the action scenes don't do it for me. Mm-hmm. Like I need some Capoeira. I need some whatever. Yeah, I agree. I need, more. I need something I need more. more. Like I need some them to be doing some, you know, you need more, you mean more style in his fighting. I need yes. more stylized fighting. Thank mm. you. Thank you. Um, it's because I have Daredevil in my head. Yeah, though. He that's that probably why. He's a tank. But no, no, Daredevil, but, you could, like, but you could be a tank, but you could still be a sexy fighting tank, like a, a really good. Like he could be climbing up side walls. All right, and this is an interesting writer dilemma, though. You know, no, yeah, let's yeah, discuss ahead. this as right. Because he's more like the Credible Hulk. But this is the thing. I'm his like, strength oh. level. I don't know what Keo and his crew have decided his actual strength uh, level. Mm-hmm. But in the comics, his strength level is, is fairly extreme. He's stronger than Captain America, not as strong as the Hulk. He can take a punch from the thing, right? The Ben mm-hmm. Graham characters made out of Rock's folks, if you mm-hmm. don't know who that is from the Fantastic mm-hmm. Four, who fights the Hulk. Mm-hmm. So uh, Luke has been hit by that guy, shook his head and stood up and mm-hmm. come back to fight. He's incredibly strong. So how do you choreograph a fight with that guy versus normal people. If when nothing can be penetrated. Right, because he, his, his skin, well, first of all, his skin is so hard, yeah. it's basically indestructible. And he's strong enough to lift a, like a, a Brinks truck that's full. Well, yeah. if he's okay. hitting people with shit, you can do some Trinidadian stick fighting. You could do something stylized. <laughs> he doesn't need to do any of that. <clears throat> it's I like Wolverine. There was, there was, this is, this is, I'm <laughs> no, about to get extra geek on you all. Okay. <laughs> Let's go. Wolverine, and it was great because it actually ties in with the Black Panther. At one point in the Wolverine comic book, somebody did something to him and stripped away his mutant abilities. Mm-hmm. People think Wolverine's mutant ability is those claws. That's not his mutant ability. Yeah. His mutant ability is I heal incredibly fast. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay, and I have like heightened senses mm-hmm. because of it or whatever. Right. Someone stripped that away from him, and he gets into a fight with the Black Panther, mm-hmm. who he used to be able to sort of match equal, equal. The Black Panther's like, you understand I'm going to kill you if you mm-hmm. keep this up. And he's like, what do you mean? I'm the blah, blah, blah. He's like, dude, you spent your entire life fighting knowing you're going to heal instantly. You have no defensive skills whatsoever. Mm, right. I can, this fight's over when I decide it's over. Yeah. Like, I'm trying not to kill you right now. Please stop fighting <laughs> right. me. Right? Oh, oh, I forgot about that. You know, yeah. the same thing with Cage. Like, the flashbacks to his prison time when mm-hmm. he didn't have powers, you see him fighting. He's mm-hmm. a brawler. He knows how to throw a punch and take a punch and all that kind of stuff. But I I have to think it's on purpose that 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 one iconic shot of the guy punching yes. Yes. And his fingers that was cracked. Cool. Yes. Once I know if I care about the people I'm fighting against, mm-hmm. right, physically fighting against, and I know that that's what's going to happen if they punch me, I can't ever have the sustained kind of like – what you see in Iron Man, uh, what you see in, um, uh, uh Daredevil, or mm-hmm. what, you, even with you saw with Jessica Jones, where she didn't do a lot of ass kickery. When she did, it was pretty extreme, because, mm-hmm. you know, it's like a girl to be. somebody able, over the window. Yeah, but no, she's she crazy, was Wonder Woman, super basically. powerful. Yeah. Like, if she gets in a sustained battle with a normal human being, she's murdering that person. Mm-hmm. So I kind of feel like, yes, visually, mm-hmm. but he needs an opponent. That can take that punch, and then so I need far, to have, I need to have that. Punch. I'm thinking that opponents. might be Diamondback when he shows up. When, Speaking yeah. of opponents, they show the 
<clears throat> in episode one or two, the detective, the female mm-hmm. who we had sex with, M- Misty, Misty, Misty mm-hmm. she did the little thing where she is staring at the board, and then all of a sudden she goes back and sees uh, and yeah, sees the playback. Yeah, right. And I was like, so does she have powers too? No, Misty is. Or was that just a moment? Misty of is us a fascinating character she, in the comics. She she's, she's just that you know good I mean? a detective. Okay. But if they do Misty the way Misty needs to be done, folks at Marvel. Um, Netflix. <laughs> Misty needs her own show, and she needs that bionic arm, mm-hmm. and she needs her samurai friend who is her partner <laughs> right. in her investigation okay. thing. Right. Because Misty Knight, here's the problem with all of these characters. The weight that Keo and I forget the names of all the people working mm-hmm. on the Black Panther movie, but the weight that they have is that these characters were created in a time when this was all we had. Mm-hmm. So people have latched onto them emotionally in a way, I think on a subliminal way, that a lot of them don't even realize they've yeah. latched onto them, right. where... What you said about Luke Cage is true. Luke Cage was such a joke in the black community that the Milestone guys created Buck Wild, the mercenary man, <laughs> to make fun of Luke Cage mm-hmm. and what white people think of us <laughs> right. for like multiple issues in, in, in one of the runs of Icon. Right. And then they sort of took pains to redeem the character as like, this is, it's worth reading. If you mm-hmm. can dig up these issues of the mm-hmm. old Milestone, go see what Luke Cage was perceived as. Then Brian Michael Bendis, a white dude, made him a secondary character in the Jessica Jones story. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, Luke Cage was back because he had been created as a nuanced, realistic right. person as part of her life. Mm-hmm. So the Luke Cage that we're seeing has very little to do with the original Luke Cage. Yeah, He's this guy. <laughs> uh, Misty is a similar character. She was introduced... Uh, initially as a detective and she gets her arm blown off and she's got this bionic arm now mm. so she can roll with the heroes mm. but she's basically a cop she does not have the same sensibility and it was same black exploitation mm-hmm. era she's basically like get Christy Love or mm-hmm. or Cleopatra Jones yeah. Misty mm-hmm. Knight yeah. Luke Cage yeah. come on yeah. right but again we didn't have a lot right, right? don't even talk to me about DC comics at the time mm-hmm. but, and Marvel was actually out in front on this but it was all commerce it was all too right doubly exploit black exploitation. Mm-hmm. Now we're in an era where black people can put their hands on these characters. Mm-hmm. So they're being reshaped right. according to those sensibilities. Right. And Misty is a fascinating opportunity right. for someone. Right. Like I've been saying, where the hell is my black Black Widow movie? Yeah. And then someone said, Scarlett Johansson's fairly expensive, dude. They may not make a Black Widow movie. <laughs> okay. Or get somebody else right. to play it. But yeah. on the other side of that, where it, 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 it sort of behooves someone to either do a Misty Knight, straight up Misty Knight series, right. or a series like that about a character like that. Mm-hmm. Because she comes out of such a weird confluence of weird ethnic mm-hmm. vibes that it kind of needs black hands, and I'm probably black female hands, to be driving her, but she mm-hmm. should be driven. Um, Let me ask you a question. Um, one of the, now, I mean, I like the show. Mm-hmm. It's not like I'm like, ooh, I need to tune in yet. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if it's because I'm so stuck on Jessica Jones and mm-hmm. the look, I mean, being in Hell's Kitchen, and now we're in Harlem. Right, right. right. Completely different look. Yeah. So even the color grading mm-hmm. is completely different. There's yeah. more greens and reds. And, and more, um, you know what sepia. I mean? Yeah, it's more, more, more sepia. Whereas the other one feels more darker Cold and you're stuck and almost like the rain blues. can rain every any it's moment right. you know right. yeah right and so so i had to adjust to that bright feel of mm. harlem mm. you know what i mean mm. it's intentional you know oh, yeah clearly so yeah. i had to adjust it so feels for like, me it feels like spike lee's i did exactly very much exactly it feels like right. do the right thing and it doesn't feel like and i haven't been in new york in a long time but it doesn't feel like new york to me the way the other shows do just in a thing. Hear, yeah, hear me out. Hear me out. Hell's Kitchen versus yeah, the I get it. I get it. I get it. 
Just in the sense of how it looks, right? Right. right. <clears throat> just as far as color shading, as far okay. as tone, tone and how it feels. It's too much like a garden. It's too bright. I don't know yeah. what it is. It's too mm. bright for me. It doesn't feel gothic. It doesn't feel superheroish to me for some reason. All right, let me ask you this question then. Mm. And I've been going in on this. And I'm, a lot of people are going to get on me about that, but it's just Whatever. my opinion. I think, I, think, you know? I think to take a piece of work seriously is mm-hmm. to take it seriously. Right. No one's saying this is bad work. No one. Anyone who has a criticism is criticizing as if this is a piece of excellent work. Correct. Not, oh God, here goes Marvel trying Correct. to get some black people to watch them. Nobody's, nobody's yeah. doing that. Right. Everybody's looking at it like, this is some real shit right here. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about mm-hmm. it seriously. Correct. Mm-hmm. So these are, I think, conscious filmmaking choices. I don't think it's an accident that all three of us independently went, hey, this reminds me of Spike Lee a little bit. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah totally. Uh, that totally. clearly means you know, there was in the barbershop, you know, all that, sure. But they're also dropping in all these, like, I think people have made more of it than is really there. There's always going to be racist response to anything sure. with non-white people. Right? Being it too black, right? the narrative. Right, it's too black. I don't think that's real. I think that's clickbait on the internet. Yeah. I think most people, clearly... It wasn't just black people that broke Netflix. Okay. A bunch of people want to see this show. Mm-hmm. And they like it. It's good. Um, but... It's also in many ways, it's, it's a fascinatingly complex in some ways because it is straddling several different sort of eras of filmmaking, ways of telling the story. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a, there's a version of this where you could describe Luke Cage as sort of the loner, the, the loner with a past who sure. comes into a town in the old town totally. yeah. and cleans Absolutely. it up. But he doesn't want to pick up a gun because <laughs> yeah. I just came out of the war and the last thing I need yeah. is a gun in my hand. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> like Only shame. he is the gun. Exactly. We've seen it a million times. You've seen it a million times, but the smile on your face is because it makes, if it's done well, it makes you fond of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? It's and familiar. And they're yeah. doing this very mm-hmm. well. I, I, one of the things that I love about it is the constant cutbacks to the stage at the club and the different eras of music. Yeah. Yes. That are being put forth on this club, amazing. at this club, because no single club is going to have a guy who does Maceo Walker yeah, you got and Raphael and the Delphonics in there. That's, there's no one club that brings all those bands in. That's on purpose. It's drawing continuity. Faith Hill, Faith right. Evans. Oh my, Faith, Faith Evans. Evans. Yeah. They're oh drawing God. continuity at all stages. They're mm-hmm. talking about the history of Harlem. They're talking about the history of black people in the United States, and they're doing it in such a sort of subtle. It's just part of the story way. But let me ask you a question. But how do you? How do you keep maybe it's because I'm so used to not seeing it yes. that I at times I feel like it's a little self indulgent. How do I keep from feeling it? Just because I haven't seen yeah, that's, it enough? That's you that's you being programmed. You because know what I mean? those people yeah, who feel really. like it's too black, whatever, there's people that are way out on the racist fringe. Mm-hmm. If there are people that are saying we're giving you know, there's a couple of reviews I read that were kinda like we're giving it a pass because it's all black or whatever. I'm like, mm-hmm. No, you're not. That's well made stuff. Mm-hmm. It's not made worse than Jessica Jones. Right. It's on power with both of the prior series, and frankly, in some ways, neither of those series broke Netflix. Neither of those series <laughs> broke Netflix. So somebody's loving this. Yeah. Right, okay. Right. Which means they did what they were hired yeah. to do. But we're, we're programmed not to see that much blackness that isn't also about, please don't, please let me vote. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. Please let yeah. me vote, yeah. sir. Yeah. I, I mean, just want to vote. And it was there's like, none of that. There's like these little touches. Like there was a scene, I know people said that, uh, the actress who plays Misty Knight just added that extra when they I have, love the, her. where they have the sororers talking. Yes, yes, yes. And then she goes, you up in here, ski wheaten. And I'm like, yeah. Yeah. right. Now, if you yeah. are from a black or are coming from black culture, where you understood the sorority fraternity kind of stuff, that might go over your head. Right. And there might be some stuff in other shows. Well, you'll write it off as black slang that I don't know. Yeah, and you might want to say, hey, let me go look up and see what that Mm -hmm. is. To me, that's an opportunity like, Mm -hmm. I wonder what that is. Let me go check that out. And I think what what you're seeing, and I hope you see this with Asians and Latins as well, is that we're here too. Black Lives Matter is Black Lives Matter too. Not 
I like how matter. you say two. We're uh-huh. here also. Nobody's yes. wanting more than us just to be part of the thread of what you claim is mm-hmm. this quilt we're making together. Mm-hmm. We just want to be in. Mm-hmm. We're right. in. We've been here. Right. We, it's not like we're not in. Right. We're already in. Just acknowledge that we're freaking in. Right. Right. So and when you see a show that's set, like I like the show Banshee, okay. right? The, 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 I love the show, by the way. Mm-hmm. I love the show Banshee. Um, it's set in a, a town that is basically an Amish enclave mm-hmm. mixed with a regular small town. So there's not going to be a lot of brothers in there. Mm-hmm. Basically, ironically, Frankie Faison is also in there. <laughs> Frankie Faison is like, uh, of all people, he's like butter. He's yeah. like, but he's in that. But Hoon Lee's in that too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you don't blink that it's a mostly white town with a few native, there's a Native American component mm-hmm. that plays in the show. It's all region specific and it's therefore authentic. Mm-hmm. There's no need to sort of, Wink at the audience and go, well, we had to add this guy. Right. None yeah. of that. It's not part, it's not yeah. present. And therefore you get to sit back and watch the show. But if you flip the ethnicities where it's predominantly black mm-hmm. and there's still some Native Americans and a few, you know, a few, I guess, whatever, black Israelites would mm-hmm. be proxy for, <laughs> right, 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 for the, right, right, whatever. Right. And you have a couple of white people, that reversal of ratio fucks with all of our heads yeah. because even those of us who are not in the dominant group are programmed to think like right. the dominant group wants us all to think. Right. Um, and it's unusual. Although when we go home to our chocolate cities and our chocolate neighborhoods, we don't have that problem. Yeah. Yeah. But as presented on movie screens, mm-hmm. it's just very unusual. And you're going to see lots and lots more of it because right. lots and lots of more people like us, mm-hmm. traditionally out mm-hmm. peoples, are people finally realize there's money to be made. Right. Sure. right? Another, another thing I like about Luke Cage is the, the representation of the, the, the Chinese couple. Yes. Mm-hmm. Where no accent. They're yeah. just regular folk. Yeah. Uh, how, how, I, how revolutionary do I have American you know Chinese people? To have American Chinese <laughs> people who have a restaurant and they speak and they're part of the neighborhood that, and they're part of the neighborhood right. and they speak like, to me that was like, when you see shows you don't think about it but when it happened I was just like, yeah, I and they're, and they're, like, they're, they're first, second what? generation people. Yeah, they, like, they speak it look, just as My well. grandfather came here from Barbados. Mm-hmm. He went literally through Ellis Island. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm a third, what, second? I'm second generation? You're probably second generation. I'm second generation mm-hmm. immigrant. Mm-hmm. Most, that's on my dad's side. My mom's side of the family, straight up, coming out of Georgia, ex-slave Negroes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Pure D Negro. Okay, but that's, <laughs> but that's the story I love of. It. America. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the story of white America too. Mm-hmm. Indentured servants right. came in, you know, sliding in over that border when there was, right, you know, right. all that stuff. Well, we were Irish over there, but now we got a little English and German in us, right. so we're going to be over here now. Right. You know, Dutch, what's Dutch? Right. You know, yeah. like that. Right. That tapestry exists in all of us. And I think we're getting stories now finally because I think it's just commerce. They've run out of, They've run out of the white story. Right. It's like we've seen it before. Well, we're we're gonna see white it, people are bored. We're going to see it coming, you know, coming out when uh, Iron <laughs> Fist comes out. And and we'll, we'll we'll see. But I will say this, Iron <laughs> Fist <laughs> That's a whole story. I know. I know, but hey, I'm <laughs> we'll just wrap saying, it up in but no, I'm just saying this. For Iron Fist, because of all the controversy in terms of them with the Danny Rand character, I've decided mm-hmm. that this is how I'm going to play it. I'm going to be watching Iron Fist in an alternative universe <laughs> where our bad guy in the um, in the story, he's going to be my hero. Oh, wow. Whereas Danny Rand in my world is going to be kind of like the bad guy. So I'm like totally like, if they're not going to give me the show, I won't. <laughs> You're going to make it up. I'm going to make it up as I'm watching the show using, using my own cut and paste. Because you know, as I always tell people. The bad guy is the hero in his own narrative. Right. So all you got to do Somebody is flip it over. They think that they, this it. is the opening the door of Shang-Chi, though. 
I don't know that I, that's we'll true. See. We'll see. But uh, that wouldn't be a stupid move. We'll see. It will certainly shut the naysayers up. Well, I, I mean, I'm um, happy to see that we're we're going to get, I mean, we're going to get some more actors. I mean, I hope they have a lot of Asian actors in Iron Fist. Um, I'm excited for when Westworld had the diversity that they did have. Mm-hmm. I mean, one of the things they had, you know, that interested me in doing the panel when I went was like, you know, hey, we're really trying. We're putting these different characters in there. And I can always applaud effort. Mm-hmm. And but at the same time, go in and just see how it goes. Um, there's just a lot of variety, and there's just so many good things. So I'm I'm looking forward to see what Luke Cage does further, and what Westworld does further in terms of the characters of color that they do have. I'll tell you what Luke Cage has already done. They've put uh, Alfred Woodard. We already knew they've put a minimum of six really good black actresses look, look, in look. front of an international Not only black, audience, but. The variety That's of black women. Right. You've got black Latina. Mm-hmm. That's right. You got black Asian. Sister right. Sonia, hey, what's right. going on from right. the wire? Because right. she's like black and Korean. Right. You've got black, which is like Georgia black, Bama black. Right. You've got black that could be marginally mixed with something. That's from, I mean, mm-hmm. they're so. And just all of so them are good much. actors. And they're great. And, uh, and many of them you've never. Hair textures, skin colors. <laughs> and average, average American, <laughs> average international viewer has never seen any of them mm-hmm. before. And all of them came to play. So I'm assuming they're all going to work. And shout out to hashtag Shady Mariah, which is basically. <laughs> what? Shades. Oh, yeah, shades. <laughs> we. Black women of America have united. <laughs> Some sons of anarchy. And those people who love He's black the women. He's the guy in the world, too. He's we, so cool. we have decided yeah. that we have shipped this couple. <laughs> what? A couple who grimes together, mm-hmm. stays together. So wow. we have uh, lovely Mariah, mm-hmm. and then we have Shades, mm-hmm. and um, there's been some some little bit of attraction, a little bit of heat between the two of them. So we have shipped them. That's and I love that shipping because it's a, a, a middle-aged character mm-hmm. who's grown yep. with a younger dude. Mm-hmm. Oh, God, he's that so never fine. Happens. He's that so never fine, happens. too. Just making up is he stories. Latino? Is he Italian? Is he Latino? I think he's Latino. Oh, my God, he is so fine. And it's like... They are giving, I mean, I'm telling you, these, mm-hmm. all these characters around it. I mean, I know everybody loves Luke Cage. Mm-hmm. Let me throw something at you. But my this. eye is on everybody I think else. He, I think little... in Sons of Anarchy, I think he was like half Latino and half black and half white or something. You, you and your little fan <sighs> fiction slash fiction writing oh friends, this ship. Uh, everyone's mad. They're like, they already started talking about Luke better not go back to that damn Jessica Jones. <laughs> after he's had some of that Misty. Yeah. I'm like, why does he have to choose? Why, why can't the three of them just let Luke get all up? Why can't so we just you all be, ship that. Why can't you all we ship be that? And people were mad because they were like, oh, well, Luke Cage dumped Misty. I'm like, no, they had a why, grown. Why, they why would he dump Misty? No, they didn't, there was no dumping. <laughs> no, she didn't even want his there name or his no number and nothing. You take all her agency away. There's no dumping. There was just some grown folk fun. Having a good time. Having a good time. And it is what it is. It's right. like, why I gotta be like, And that's another no. thing. Like, there's this whole, this, you'll love this because it's a Star Trek thing. That's it. I got in a huge argument years ago because people kept referring to Captain Kirk as a womanizer. And I was like, those are all grown women. Yeah. <laughs> okay. They, he didn't like spike their drinks or we, tell we, them any lies. We, we didn't really have, well, I can't remember, were there any scenes where a woman was mad and came up yeah, and had and a scene where he Not no. one person no. that he had sex with mm-hmm. came out of that encounter like, Damn, that was a waste of my time. Okay. Some of them were like, I need to hit that again. Are you okay. sure you need to go back up to the bridge? Okay. okay. So if he's a guy who's pleasing the women who are having really agency okay. in yeah. their own sexuality, yes. how is that making him a dog? Right. And in the same way, 
with Luke Cage, he has been having adult sex with adult women and, making and, adult and can, choices. And can I just make this observation in that scene, which was quite lovely? Yeah, uh, black on black love. She, How about that? She, she, he was in the bed and she was leaving. Yeah, he yeah. was like, "Bitch, can I have your number?" And she was like, uh, "I'll call you." Yes, Did I know she where not? You are. Yes, I'll find you or some shit. I know where you work. Exactly. And by the way, it wasn't even about the sex. I'm yeah. undercover. I should not exactly. fuck this guy, right? Like, why did I do yes. that? But he was in a tight suit, even and he was that, nice and hey. Even that scene to me, I'm guarantee. I, I can't guarantee it because I don't know. But even the way that they had sex, where she was driving, mm-hmm. that speaks to the same thing we're talking about in that scene where he could not. He, when he had sex with Jessica, they broke stuff. Yes, because that's true. they both have superpowers. She's just a normal woman. Mm -hmm. There's no way he's driving that. Mm -hmm. Right. Because if he gets excited, she's dead. Right. (laughs) (laughs) One one good pump. Right. I'm not kidding. (laughs) I think about this crap. I do think about this crap. You know, all my life I'm like, how in the hell are Lois and Superman having any kids? He better have some sort of red light room with a red sun candle in there. If it's good, it might be all right. We can only have sex with Kryptonite in the room. That's right. We need Kryptonite in the next room because otherwise, that's the last time your ass is going to be having sex. Oh, my God. Let me ask you. So, what is? Can't remember, I'm only three episodes in. It's okay. been a long time since I've read the books. Okay. For uh, Luke Cage. Okay. How did he get his powers? Prison. Same. Same origin. Just basically in prison. What, what happened? Um, he goes to prison on a trumped up charge. Uh-huh. Spoil alerts for people. Fuck who didn't them get it. Please, this is in the comic. Book. <laughs> it's in the comic. This is the craziest thing about the Marvel security, which I have to suffer under a lot of the time. <laughs> Your entire program is at every comic book shop exactly. in the country. This is none of these are state secrets. Yes. Luke Hayes gets his superpowers and in prison. And it's been a week or so, okay. and you had time to watch it, right. so catch up. Whatever. This isn't a spoiler. <laughs> this stuff was created in the 1973 or something. There's no spoiler here. Grow up. Goes to prison. Trumped up charge, mm-hmm. but he's in jail and it's in like they made Seagate in the South, but it originally was in New York somewhere. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Mm-hmm. He has really corrupt prison officials. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's this weird, they didn't really go into it, but in the comics, basically someone's trying to recreate the Captain America super soldier situation oh, okay. and they're testing it out on prisoners because they keep dying. And he's one of them. So he gets with this corrupt guy mm-hmm. who messes with his life a whole bunch of ways and finally he's like, in this story, they actually made it more nuanced and kind of fun. Mm-hmm. Gave the woman agency who wasn't, didn't really exist in the first place, whatever. Right. But um, he goes into this tank, mm-hmm. and they do all this stuff to him, and they interrupt the process. Maybe he would have lived otherwise. Maybe he would have died if they let it go all the way to the end, but it doesn't. Mm-hmm. Machinery all blows up, kills the people involved with making him, right. so no one can duplicate the process. Right. All the machine blows up, and then he runs away, changes his name. His real name is uh, Carl Lucas. Right. He changed his name Luke to Luke Cage and goes out of Georgia to Harlem, mm-hmm. where he says, "I'm back in the day where you could just... You could do that. Get a fake ID and you have it be a fake ID. Be a, right? be a different person. Um, and, and he shows up in Harlem and he, he hangs out the hero for hire, doesn't pretend he's anything other than Luke Cage. Right. right? He's basically a private eye with superpowers. Got it. Um, and they, they played that basically. His prison time was, I thought, a really interesting origin story. Right. Uh, they made it clear that he was not there just, justifiably, but that he had done something that could be they don't say what it is yet, mm-hmm. but that he had done something that could be construed as criminal if people wanted to put him in prison, right. which they did. Okay. That's why he's in prison. And then uh, he makes some friends. He, he's They did a really good prison journey for him. Mm-hmm. They spent a good period of time with him mm-hmm. in prison. Uh, and he was a hard rock in prison. He right. was like, I'm not trying to be friends with any of you mm-hmm. fools. Don't get near me it's a, it, or it's your ass. Mm-hmm. right? And because of that, they wanted him to be a fighter. That's mm-hmm. where you see him doing prison boxing where the guards are betting on who's going to win. Right. Mm-hmm. All this kind of stuff. Um, they really, it's an interesting thing. The show itself is an interesting, like, forget about it being a superhero piece. Mm-hmm. 
they've used the concept of Luke Cage, I mean the makers of the show, they've used the concept of Luke Cage to sort of wedge the history of Harlem into the history of America, into the history of heroism, into the history of racism, into mm-hmm. all this it's stuff. It's like a neo-noir. Like, I don't it's even think of it as a yeah, superhero. That makes sense. It's more like a neo-noir. And the fun part of historical it all is that so much thought clearly went into it, but it never won for one moment feels like anyone's lecturing anybody. Right. Right. Which is what we were talking about before. Right. I want people dreaming. I don't want them feeling right. like, oh, I got to keep toting that barge. Right. All yeah, the and, time. And, right. And that's why I was making that comment. And we're going to wrap it in a second. But that's why I was making that comment was, was I feeling like I was kind of being preached to in a way or, or feeling on the nose about some things like the poem mm-hmm. and, you know, like making sure that we know, mm-hmm. you know, the guy coming up to him with the gun behind his head and he takes off his hat and he's like, do you know what that place is? Mm-hmm. Don't use the N-word. And I was like, uh. yeah. I mean, but I was wondering if it was just because I'm counter- so used to not seeing it. Yeah, one, and I think you know it's what I mean? a conversation <laughs> of where, of it, it's a conversation, it's, see, this is the thing that a lot, people as outsiders, I think they really think that there was some sort of unified subculture, mm-hmm. right? And I'm like, this is a conversation we've been having. You guys aren't really part of it, all you non-black people. But we've been having this conversation. <laughs> sure. You and just now, never write it. And now you can see it. Right. You, know? you just never write that conversation because yeah. you're, pr- right. you're not privy to it. You don't think we're nuanced enough Correct. to be having it or whatever. But I don't want a superhero calling people niggas. Mm-hmm. I don't. And they have a conversation for those who say the word and those who don't. Which is conversations we have all the right. time. Plus, but I do want a superhero wearing that Trevor and Martin hoodie. <laughs> I definitely want that. I want a bulletproof yeah. black man just, wearing that, that Trevor and Martin hoodie. Okay. That was clearly that intentional. Was intentional. Yeah. That's yeah. not his look in the comics. Right. They did that on straight mm-hmm. up on purpose. Right. Here's a message to you. Right. Yes, message. Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> We've been so, we're getting so subtly, constantly programmed. All mm-hmm. of us, white people, black people, are being told these tropes about gender, about ethnicity, right. about all this stuff. I don't know that it's all intentional as it was in, in Son of Zorn. Mm-hmm. I don't think anyone would be quite that foolish and, and low end <laughs> to write some shit like that. But, Tell us how it, you really feel, Jeff. I think it's a joke. <laughs> right. But there are many more, much more subtle. <laughs> I'm out. Uh, much more subtle. <laughs> right. Um, programming that's going on for all of us right. that you see a character a guy like Lil Wayne who thinks he's fine who doesn't <laughs> yeah. understand that he's that his the way he's projecting himself is part of the clans program mm-hmm. it's not part of black uplift mm-hmm. right just getting rich doesn't mean you're uplifting anything mm-hmm. right you, way, the way you get rich mm-hmm. is as much important as right it, right and right. you can stop and change at any point right well that's a very good point though i was just thinking about that like I can just picture them in the in the ad agency going, oh, and then he pours water. He's like, no, no, Cristal, yeah, that'll get him. You know what right. I mean? And he suckered right into that. That's chip. right. And mm-hmm. Instead audience, of seeing what it really meant behind audience, it, the right. primary audience for rap music is not us. No, it's right. a bunch of white kids that yes. make that giant. And a lot right. of people don't really understand that. So you know, just so you know, right. So exactly. I feel so, you that know. you might feel preached to on certain occasions, but to me, I'm like, this is kind of just how I grew up. No, I'm going to try to look at it from a different point of view. I just wanted mm-hmm. to get you guys' angle. No, no, was it me or what was I seeing? There's a couple times I'm like, but it's an old guy. It's, yeah. it's, but. Not too, it's not too... 30-plus-year-old people or 40-year-old yeah. people talking to each other. It's mm-hmm. generally an adult Adults talking, talking to, to a, a child. Young yeah. And the child, clearly, you can see they don't know right. things that we were beat up with when we were kids. Because mm-hmm. they just, all of our parents just came out of the 60s and 70s. Mm-hmm. So they're like, look, we had a whole lot of fighting. Right. You need to know this. Right. Right. Go forward with this, these, right. these tools, my right. son and daughter. Right. Go forward. Right. And what's interesting is those kids getting that information, they've all achieved fairly well. Mm-hmm. Right? Those middle class kids, right. really, they don't have a lot of racial issues. They're surprised as everyone else that these cops are murdering. Right. For no reason. <laughs> you know, all that stuff. But 
after the <laughs> 80s, all that sort of cohesive uplift, yeah. that sensibility, it yeah. just dropped out. Yeah. So you have a whole lot of kids whose disconnect from the continuity of our past is a fatal injury. Right. Mm-hmm. And what they've replaced it with is this sort of Illuminati crap and this weird version of uh, going to black church, which mm-hmm. is like, wow. Which, <laughs> which, which makes it interesting for me to watch Luke Cage at the same time watching Westworld in right. terms of talking about a past and uh, how we see ourselves as black people, but also the type of future that our society thinks it's going to be when it's going into the West Mm-hmm. The whole romanticized history when we're, we're right now today, we're seeing people talk about make America great again. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking at that kind of vibe while I'm watching Westworld and thinking about, well, let's see what kind of world those of us in the future are thinking about. It's kind of like these weird <coughs> connections with the past, the present, the future. And I'm really going to be interested to see how far these both these shows go in terms of representing a, a certain type of Americana, I guess. Yeah, but it is you know? it's legitimately Americana. Mm-hmm. And I think that's another thing. Aside from Spike Lee, who else has been doing black Americana? Right. Right. And even Spike mm-hmm. fell off. Sure. Right. Um, nothing against you, Spike, but you fell off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, However, why do I want to go see Boo? I'm not going. Why do I want to go see Boo? I, what, I the Medea hate movie? that shit. With the Medea? However, the Medea, the Medea thing? Medea shit. No, I'll tell you what. No, no. You know, I, all, I go, I see all the Medea <laughs> the movies. No, no, listen. had me. You're, I was you're a film. Done. You're no, no, no. A film, like a film historian. I was, you have to see this. I go because I take, I take my mother and I take my friend's mom and we take them together because it's one of the few show yeah. movies that they can go see where they feel comfortable where... You know, it's not going to be a lot of cuts. It's going to be safe. It's family thing. So I always go with the family, right. you know. And every oh, now and then, I want to go I, see Because we want to see zombies chasing Medea. <laughs> yeah, that <laughs> just, I was done. <laughs> I was like, I don't, uh, next, next week, week okay. I, think, yeah. I think too, we were talking, we, we alluded to this very briefly, but cinema in the seventies for black people, yeah. it wasn't just black exploitation. Yeah. There were some of the best black movies ever made came right. out in the seventies. And so you see them on rerun or whatever. The Learning Tree. Uh, mm-hmm. Bingo Long Traveling, Bingo All Stars and Motor Kings. Um, Man and Boy, sadly, uh, co-starring Bill Cosby. Nothing but, but a man. Nothing but a man. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Was, why, why do I always gamut. think, I know it ain't a black movie. Why do I always think about the trials of Billy Jack? I have no idea. Why? Because you're crazy. Billy Jack, I remember because Billy so Jack is a white dude that's kind of treated like a black dude. Maybe that's what and it we is. feel a connection. And he hooks up with the hippies and the Indians. Yeah. Yes. And we feel that connection. He right. Was, you gonna make me go he back was the underdog. Yeah, that's what he that's was the, why. Yeah, that's why it is. Yes. He's the underdog. And you okay. see a lot of you see a lot of the kind of stuff. This is the thing that depresses me, but also heartens me, I hope, is that um we see if you were if you if these kids were to go I stumbled upon the trailer for Bingo Long, which I hadn't thought about in years. Oh, you watched the homie on YouTube. Right? That's what I mean. I was messing around on YouTube I'm as, sh- as, last as, as you have seen. Trolling. Last summer yeah. I was watching messing around on YouTube. I was trying to find cool scenes with cool sort of speeches about how to be alive. Right. Right. Hmm. I, I wasn't intentionally looking for that, but I saw Bingo Long and I was like it's just a movie about a Negro League's baseball team <laughs> at the cusp of Jackie Robinson breaking through. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's like the natural. It's a fictionalized account. And Richard Pryor trying to pretend like he's Puerto Rican. But depressing girl. Right. But when, when you think about it, though, it was the same thing we're talking about with Luke Cage. That movie had all the black issues in it. Mm-hmm. It had all the segregation issues in it built into it. It had a, a comedic character, certainly. Mm-hmm. But he was so, I don't want to be black. 
mm. uh, surrounded by people who were like, look, uh, we don't have the option light skin, brother. Mm. Right. Uh, I, I don't know that you do either. Right. But you, you, you do your thing. Man. Right, right. But and they play it for laughs, but that was a passing discussion. That was a mm. discussion about passing. I don't want to be this. I want to be that. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And all the way through it, it was about be excellent. The only win is be excellent. Yes. Mm. You have to be excellent. Right. Even when only one of them broke through into the major leagues mm-hmm. and the rest of them. Everybody was happy. And, and they were watching the, the destruction of the Negro Leagues by mm-hmm. that breakthrough. Right. Mm-hmm. They were like, kind of worth it. Mm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Mm. And I'm like, it's a little long. The pacing wouldn't work for a modern no, audience. Uh, but. I was like, this movie mattered to me. I tried to get Don Cheadle, who I was uh, in college with, I tried to get Don Cheadle to call up Denzel Washington uh-huh. and Reggie Hudlin and do Buck and the Preacher. Mm. Why not do Buck and the Preacher? And why not pair those two actors who work so well mm. together in Devil in a Blue Dress? Guys, yes. I can't do it. I'm a TV guy. Mm-hmm. All you guys are giant-ass movie people. Right. Buck Denzel's Preacher's shooting here. They're right just now. sitting around, and two of you have worked together yeah. and really did well. Buck and the Preacher is a great movie to remake instead of The Magnificent Seven. Mm. It's got comedy, mm-hmm. which Denzel could do a lot more Correct. of, right? John's perfect for that. Yeah. Um, it's got slave, not slave catchers, but a Jim Crow theme, which is people after the Civil War going, well, you know what? Let's go west. Right. We found our little town. Right. Which, by the way, happened a great deal. A lot. Okay. <laughs> What's up, Nicodemus, Kansas? And all these people with the lovely Anthony Zerba, mm. who I love mm-hmm. Anthony Zerba, um, chasing them to force them to come back to Jim Crow. Mm. So you have your conflict. And then there's a con man and a straight up, like, I'm getting this black fan, this black wagon train to where they're going. Right. I mean, it writes itself. Mm. And it was already written and made. Right. Right. Go do it. It yeah. cost you a dime. Plus, you get all the gunfire you want from right. the Magnificent Seven. Right. You can do all the hero moments. Mm-hmm. And you get all the comedy, throw in a lovely love interest, make her make her sparky in a way that she wasn't back in right. the 1970s. <laughs> right. And now you got three characters you can throw in. Let's, mm-hmm. uh, Sally Richardson. Right. Just for the hell of it. Right. Throw right. Sally Richardson in mm-hmm. there. Okay. And all of a sudden, you've got this great Western movie that will appeal to many people. I guarantee you. Um, guys. I'm putting you on notice. <laughs> Don Cheadle, Denzel Washington, mm-hmm. Reggie Hudlin, you need to remake <laughs> Buck and the, the Preacher. preacher. Up. Okay. <laughs> on that note, <laughs> where you at, Jeff? Uh, well, I'm probably in the doghouse. Now. <laughs> <laughs> um, you in trouble now. <laughs> JeffreyThorne.com. Um, on your comic book shelves, I am the co-writer of Solo from Marvel Comics with Jerry Duggan, and I am the sole writer of Mosaic and the creator of Mosaic from Marvel okay, Comics. That. Uh, that's at your local comic book shop. Um, Go you get it. Pick those Go books get up, it. Make Jeff some money. <laughs> so make Jeff write some, more that's stuff. your job yeah. is this year to make Jeff some money. Okay, we got rent to pay. Don't <laughs> and I'm on Twitter under Game of Thorns or my own name, Jeff Thorne. Um, and I'm around on the internet. You can find me. Just, just, just trolling. Just, yeah. trolling. just look up trolls. I'm not trolling. I'm, just, I'm a troll hunter. I'm a troll hunter. <laughs> Where you at, Lisa? Oh, you can always find me on Twitter, uh, hiding in the hashtag Saturday Night Sci-Fi or Friday Night Horror. You can find me on Bitch Flicks, where I write film criticisms. And you can also find me, uh, for the next couple times, Watching my Westworld and watching yeah. uh, the rest of my Luke Cage and getting ready to watch all the new shows that are about to pop up. Uh, giving a shout out to, um, it's kind of a shout out, but I just have to say this quick clap back. 
Uh-oh. when NBC announced they were going to do the show about the the Filipino male older bride uh, TV show. Yeah, yeah. What? And they announced it in 72 hours. They pulled that. <laughs> and so I, I kind of want to give a shout out to Asian Twitter and mm-hmm. all the Asian folks out there who really uh, kind of came through and said that's that's not that's not cool. Yeah. And it's kind of a the idea that I think that people don't realize what power they have in their voices before something comes out where you mm-hmm. can kind of clap back and be like that's that's not cool. Um, part of me always feels bad when writers, when they have this, they think they have this great idea yeah. and the clap back. So writers, beware yeah. when you go pitch this shit. <laughs> stop being racist. Stop. Stop it. Stop it. Just stop, stop it. Being- Not only is it is it wow. played, it's fucking boring. <laughs> Stop being racist. Stop being stop, racist. Stop, stop sliding things through that we're not going to understand. But uh, once again, shout out to HBO for inviting, you know, Screenwriters Rant Room to come out and uh, check out Westworld and do the panel and stuff. And mm-hmm. looking forward to good things from both those shows. And um, You got any new articles you're writing? Um, I have a bunch that are like backlog I need to get through. <laughs> I know, you've been helping me. So I'm, and, and I'm like working on my script and one of the producer people I've been talking to was like, can you send me? So, so right when I leave here, I got to hurry up and get some more pages There's busted out. So on. yeah. So hey, oh my God, just so much stuff going on. So writers, we got to, so as soon as we get off of here, yeah. we all Vapor run trail. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I plan to be here until 10 o'clock tonight. Um, oh, so that's Lord. what's up. I'm your host, Hillary DeGast. You guys can find me on Twitter. At Hilliard Guest. Follow the show, Screenwriters Rant Room at gmail.com. Any questions? Um, I just had Screenwriters Rant Room at gmail.com, didn't I? Um, I anyway, so. uh, follow the show, Screenwriters RR. There you go. Yes. Boom. Um, follow us also on Facebook. You know where we are. Um, please give us a five star review. We really need that for the metrics. It's important. Um, anything else? Anything? We're going to have Paul Gio on soon. Hey, Paul's in town. God damn it. Paul's in town. We was hoping to have him today, but he busy and stuff like you know. He, is, he out there riding his he bike or something. You know, me right. to say, um, something about I got this crazy heist thing I'm trying to do. <laughs> you got a heist brain. Yeah. What about this? Yeah. And I was like, well, if you did that, you added some liquid nitrogen. You got something. You know, so. Shout out to Paul. That's oh man, Paul writing. Okay, exactly, exactly. Um, so y'all know how we do it on the rant room. We appreciate all you guys following us, listening to us. Please retweet, um, share, all that shit. <laughs> uh, you, <laughs> so, <laughs> you know how we're doing in the rant room? Can we keep it real? We keep it opinionated. We keep it what, everybody? 2016, 2016 baby. Peace. Ciao. Let the beast about the cage That light about the dark Can you build the inferno From the itty bitty spark Coffee shop hustlers Rise with the cream A million of the writers Same Hollywood dream Your pen and paper All like bullets in the gun Write what you feel Say what you want In the red We say what we say We do what we feel We gotta keep it real In the red All about the crap So look, if you guys are grown, let's go ahead and get in. Mm-hmm.